The uh, jury was deadlocked, and they said we can't reach a unanimous decision on uh, Bill Cosby's verdict. So uh, Bill Cosby was, uh, the trial was proclaimed a mistrial uh, as they were leaving the courtroom. Uh, Cosby's uh, lawyer and his legal team came out to make a few statements. We're joined now by Lauren Honickman, a partner with BTZ Law and AM640 uh, legal analyst. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I knew we'd talk again. I want to play for you, Lauren, just when we get back into this. I want to play um, some of the uh, Bill Cosby's legal team. They came out and they read a letter from Cosby's wife, Camille. Have a listen. How do I describe the district attorney? Heinously and exploitively ambitious. How do I describe the judge? Overtly arrogant and collaborating with the district attorney. How do I describe the counsels for the accusers? totally unethical. How do I describe many, but not all, general media? Blatantly vicious entities that continually disseminated intentional omissions of truths for the primary purpose of greedily selling sensationalism at the expense of a human life. Lauren, it sounds like a victory speech, doesn't it? Well, I would no, I don't. I wouldn't. Uh, that's not my feeling. I heard that on the weekend as well. I didn't right. think it was a victory. It was somebody who was very upset uh, at at the system. Uh, somebody was upset and felt that there were reasons to be. And you know, I mean, somebody would call that maybe an opinion. Others mm-hmm. would say, "Wow, she defamed everybody. She defamed yep. the judge, the district attorney, etc." But I think what it points to Kelly more than anything, and that's why we're talking about it today, is the emotion that get that got involved in this case. I mean, you got a jury that deliberated. For 11 days, they come back. Uh, when you and I talked late last week, they were hopelessly deadlocked, and we talked about the, the what could happen, and indeed, that's what happened on Saturday. So, to me, that that's an emotion from from uh, from his wife. It's you know, people will give it whatever grain of salt they want to give it. I think the, the, the main thing now, of course, is what happens next. And, and that's really going to be the the interesting and key part about all this. All right. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. We have uh, some audio from Gloria Allred, who was uh, the defense or the uh, prosecuting attorney. Uh, have a listen. I emphasize that I would like to see a court decide that more prior bad act accusers can testify because that's relevant on the issue of whether Mr. Cosby had a plan, a scheme to drug and sexually assault women. What are the odds of the the uh, the judge allowing um, to let more of Cosby's accusers testify? Yeah. Okay. So in in evidence, we call that similar fact evidence, and we have rules for its admissibility up here as well. And I won't get into the uh, intricate legal test, but there are cases where that can happen, where somebody who is not uh, an actual um, complainant, i.e. the case isn't about them, but they're giving what's called similar fact evidence. Now, in this case, the judge did not allow it at this trial. So that's why that lawyer is saying, well, maybe in the next trial, and by the way, that's something that the district attorney, Mr. Steele, said right away, didn't he? The minute the jury left the room, he said he made sure it was on the record. We're going again at this trial. They have mm-hmm. to do it in, in the United States and that in that state within four months. But 
I think what, what that lawyer was saying in that clip was maybe the next judge will allow that as admissible. Now, one of the problems in the U.S. that they have is and, – and remember, the, you know, dozens of women have accused him of misconduct. But I think 60. Yeah. But Andrea Constant's accusation was the only one that led to the criminal charge because in the U.S. they have a statute of limitations, which we don't have in Canada with respect to any potential uh, criminal charges. So – the the key thing will be one will there be another trial two if there is another trial will there be an, an application to get some of these women who have alleged this conduct in as what we call similar fact evidence witnesses so we'll wait to see about that as well and that's to show pattern well yeah the way it look it's looked at is to say yes is is the probative value of that evidence does it outweigh the prejudicial effect in other words you don't want a jury to use it for the wrong reasons you don't want to say well oh obviously he's got a propensity you know there's uh, these eight other women so that's why you have to be very careful it can be very very prejudicial now the other thing to remember with respect to Mr Cosby besides the fact that he's most likely going to be facing this criminal charge uh, again um, he's got civil lawsuits out there. There's a lot of them in the federal, the state courts. Uh, there's defamation cases out mm-hmm. there. Uh, many of uh, the accusers saying that uh, Bill Cosby defamed them when he called them liars. Uh, there's civil assault lawsuits. So he's got a whack of legal issues still facing him. And, uh, and I think still top of the list will be this particular criminal trial. I just want to ask you about Camille Cosby and her choice words for the judge. She yeah. uh, she had some choice words for the judge, but the judge did not allow this time uh, the information to be disclosed to the jurors that the accuser Andrea Constand is gay. Is why why would that be? Again, I mean, you know, when judges make rulings on what evidence can go before and a jury and not before a jury, and and one of the good things that we have, again, you know, whenever I, we do this, Kelly, I always like to talk about what happens here in Ontario, here in Canada, because uh, our systems are similar, but they're different in a lot of ways as well. If a judge up here excludes any particular type of evidence, we get we normally get a full. Uh, reasons for it. And and there could be a lot of different reasons. I'm not exactly sure what the reasons were. Again, it would go to the issue of somehow it was going to prejudice the case or perhaps more importantly, on a relevancy point of view, because mm. one of the things that happens in every criminal, indeed in every trial, civil or criminal, the only evidence that really should ever go before a court and a jury is relevant evidence. And well, it perhaps- seems kind of relevant. I mean, when you think about it, um, you know, it, he, they tried to say that they had a pre-existing relationship that was sexual if she was always gay and not interested in men at all. Yeah. That seems relevant to me. But I I, I want to tell you what I think was the most important piece of evidence that that came out at that trial. Mm -hmm. And and again, that trial happened so quickly and everything happens. But but the the district attorney put up a psychologist. Remember this? Uh, They called this person a rape expert as a witness because they wanted to get to the issues that we've talked about so much in in the Canadian context about why victims are traumatized. They can be confused about details, why it may not be unusual for sexual assault victims to maintain contact act with their alleged attackers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so that they had a witness, a psychologist, testify at this trial, but the defense in their cross-examination, they totally undercut this person's or suggested that her credibility was, was undercut because they showed jurors that she posted comments on Facebook 
that we're seeming to celebrate a prosecution victory in some pretrial fight over evidence. So, again, it all goes to credibility, but I found that very, very interesting and important, especially in light of the discussions that we've been having up here since the Gomeshi trial mm-hmm. about, uh, about alleged victims and why they may do what they do uh, at any particular time. I think one of the most interesting things about this case, and you said it last week, Lauren, is that one of the things they can do in the States is they'll find out exactly how the jury was dead locked and where they uh, well, where their heads yeah, were at. Minute. You know, it's interesting about that, Kelly, because I remember you and I were talking about that. Yeah. And the judge in this case said to the jury, listen, I, I'm going to ask you, you know, trying to keep your deliberations to, to yourself. Uh, Weird. And not, yeah, and not say anything. But today, one of the alternate jurors, these are jurors who weren't really part of the deliberations, but they, they are chosen in case another juror gets sick or ill or, or can't be on there. They interviewed some some media interviewed an alternative juror and said that uh, he probably, quote-unquote, would have uh, voted to convict uh, Hmm. uh, Cosby and was, quote, ridiculously sick when he found out the main jury couldn't reach a verdict. But the actual jurors who were in the case, they were asked by the judge to keep the deliberations to themselves. So we'll see how long they're able to do that. Wow. Chris Creston, you have a question for Lauren. I was just wondering, is that is the thinking for the judge there to make sure that they don't taint a future jury in well, a that's what future you hope, trial? Right? Exactly, Chris. I mean, we have the the rules that we have up here is it's 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 a criminal offense to do that. And one of the policy reasons is exactly that you don't want you don't want that out there. And by the way, Chris, talking about tainting a, a jury pool, one of the things that I wouldn't be surprised at all about is that if indeed the the DA proceeds with this trial again in the mm-hmm. next four months, that they maybe even try and change counties, yeah, uh, maybe have it somewhere else, just so there can be no. Uh, issue. But I, I, I've got to tell you, while we're talking about it and, and America's talking about it and everybody's talking, there are lots of people out there when you do your jury selection mm-hmm. who are going, yeah, and I sort of followed it. Yeah. Really? And, oh, yeah. yeah. It, wow. You'd be, you'd be shocked. You'd okay. be shocked about how, and that's why up here, people always will say, how can any accused with all that pre-trial, pu- pre-trial publicity? I remember as far back as the Bernardo trial, they, oh, they'll never get an unbiased jury. Well, they did. You know, they, go, they went through about, uh, you know, 200 potential jurors, but, but they found the, the 12 people who do that. And they'll do that in the Cosby case. Yeah, as well. so they're able Lauren, to find 12 people who weren't paying that close attention. Not Thanks. close attention, or, or they can actually do what they need to do as a juror. All right, Lauren, we're uh, at the traffic, so i got to let you go, but I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Lauren.